Welcome to the Baxter Adventures Podcast. Here we discuss multiple topics such as hunting, shooting, fishing, and anything to do with the outdoors. Enjoy the podcast. Alright, welcome back to the Baxter Adventures Podcast, Episode 2. And I'm your host, Kelton Baxter. So, this week... Uh, the topic, or this episode, the topic will be custom gun making, and kind of, I was kind of thinking about what could this topic be, you know, I was rolling around in my head, do we do a fishing thing, an outdoors thing, like camping or whatever, or hunting, and I was kind of, kind of like, playing with, working on making a, building a new gun, and I was like, well, that could be a great episode, so here we are. Um, so kind of to kick it off, so yeah, just this past, I don't know, a few days ago, I just kind of got the idea of, I'm going to kind of work out building a gun for my father, and so I was just kind of going to walk through the steps of kind of what I think about doing, and this isn't where like, okay, I'm going to go to like a custom gun manufacturer, so like, I don't know, there's multiple out there in the US, but no, more of, okay, I'm gonna buy the parts and basically do it all myself. So, kind of the, I'll walk through the steps of how to go about kind of deciding on what you need, what you want, and kind of looking at different components and stuff. And depending on how long this takes me to get through to actually truly going into building it, because right now it's all concepts. It's not actually gone into production, and it may go like 10 years without going into production, just because bullets are kind of changing of like, if a new bullet comes out in this thing, I'll go for it. If a new one comes out over here, I'll go for it, you know, type deal, you know. So there's multiple different things. So kind of the first thing you should think about when you're kind of looking into, and this is for anything, if you're getting a new gun or anything, is kind of the application. And so the application kind of branches off into multiple different things of what animal am I hunting? Where will I be hunting? And all this ammo availability type thing. Am I reloading? Am I just going to be buying buying factory ammo? And so the kind of application I went to about is it's going to be a deer and elk cartridge. You know, so the big game. Not really wanting to do like a coyote hunt with it or anything, but where like you can go shoot pronghorn effectively with it if you needed to. Or um, the rams down in Texas, I forget their names. You know, or going all the way out and maybe bear hunting. Um, it could be a possibility for it. So kind of looking at that. Then, uh, then I went into the stages of where will it be hunting. Well, in Nebraska, we got... Some people are like, it's flat, but we hunt more sand hills area, so you got some hills, you know, it's not like the mountains of Colorado, you know, type deal, but it could very well be going out there for a Colorado hunt, you know, for elk and stuff, you know, but mainly it will be used for deer in Nebraska. Well, it's like, I still want to build a light gun, then, you know, I don't want it to be, I don't know, 12 pounds where, you know, because we walk, I don't know, 
13 miles a day, I think we averaged yet, or yesterday, last year. So we walk a fair amount. You don't want a gun that's heavy and ungodly. And my dad takes, you know, is it offhand shots when you're just shooting, standing up just on your hands? I think so. You know, those types of shots. Or you'll take a knee shot, you know. So it's like I, it, it can't be heavy where, you know, I can't quickly pull up on a deer standing up when I'm standing up, you know, and make a precise, accurate shot without wobbling a ton. So I was like, and then he's more recoil thing, or recoil resistant. I think I'm going to go with the word there. So, you know, I don't have to worry about, okay, I got to build kind of like four into that, you know, but, you know, like he has his 300, which, and he's like, it's, he doesn't like it shooting it so much because of that recoil, so he, so he kind of shies away from doing that, that's why he shot it's 270 forever, so I was like, I don't want a 300 wind mag type deal, or 300 wisdom, you know, one that's gonna buck you around type deal, and plus, you know, for deer, I think the 300 is a little overkill, where you don't want to be using that on deer, if that's kind of the main thing, you know, great on elk cartridge, phenomenal elk cartridge, and it will kill a deer, I'm not saying it won't do that, I'm just thinking, if it's going to be like, I don't know, 70% deer, 30% elk, probably not the best cartridge for that, you know. So there's just multiple different things of what you got to keep going back and forth. And for like bullets, I really kind of, you know, I got my Hornady handbook of cartridge loading 11th edition. You know, I have multiple at home, but at college I just got this one. You know, and I just kind of play around in here of, what different calibers are out there? What's a popular caliber? Not going for like a one where it's like, you know, okay, this caliber looks kind of really good on in the book, but there's no components out there for it because it's just not a popular cartridge, you know, where maybe it's good for reloaders, but not great for people buying out the shelf type deal. And, you know, we kind of do both, you know. I like to mess around with factory ammo, see what they're doing, and then kind of get images or just get data points from that and then be like, okay, here's how I can change it. So I don't want something where I got to try doing all that work myself by going off a book type deal, you know. And so kind of the calibers, I was just kind of playing around with, you know, 6.5 PRC, 6.8 Western, brand new last year. Um, the seven psalm or like a third out six, you know, and then you know because I was like, well, I have a six five PRC, you know, type deal. And I was like, it's a great cartridge for that, but I was like, he likes a little bit bigger, you know. He, I was like, he loves that two seven, so I was like, huh, what about that new six eight western? But there's not a ton of data out there right now for it, so that's kind of that's kind of also why what's driving this thing to probably going to take so long is it's not like, okay, here are the bullets now, you know, they're all older bullets or older cartridges where I can, I can nail in on them. You know, that 6.8 Western, really brand new. And there could be newer cartridges come out that be like, oh, let's, let's wait for that one to see how that one looks type deal. Will it catch on? And it's like that 6.8 Western could very well die and be like, that'd be a terrible thing to try to get components for to build a build a gun and so then the seven psalm i was just kind of fooling around i was like hmm 
you know, I've heard a lot about these seven mag or seven millimeter bullets, you know, it's like, there's just a ton of them, you know, and so I was just kind of looking through them, and for anybody who's wondering what the seven psalm stands for, so it's, psalm is S-A-U-M, so short action ultra magnum, so I kind of really leaning towards those short actions, as you can tell, three of the four are short action bullets, um, so I was just kind of looking around at that, I was like, what kind of bullets are offered now, and this bullet came out in 2002, I believe, you know, and I was like, oh, I could get up to a 180 grain bullet in it, and just looking at book data, and you can always load higher than book data, because book data is leaning on to the safer side, they're not trying to test max pressure deals, and they're pushing it 2,800 feet per second. And it's got a great ballistics coefficient, better than that 6.5 PRC. So I was like, so it's like, great gun. But, so that's kind of the one I'm leaning to most right now. But that 7 Psalm is, didn't, isn't really popular. It's starting to become more popular now in match guys and stuff. So I think you're going to see more ammo and stuff kind of start being produced for it and components and stuff. But then I was kind of looking around online. You know, powering off and there was talks of Hornady making a 7 PRC which would be kind of like that 7 Psalm and that 7 Psalm is kind of like the 7 WSM 7 Winchester Short Magnum so there's kind of some bullets in there so it's like if that 7 PRC comes out the 7 Psalm is basically probably going to be useless from the standpoint of it ain't going to catch on that 7 PRC is going to take over and people are going to be making ammo for that versus that 7 Psalm that 7 Psalm probably could just very well dip back down into irrelevancy so that's kind of the thing and then I was like you know that old trusty 30 on 6 if I can flip to it here real quick I was like that 30 out six, yeah, right here. 30 out six doesn't kick terribly hard, you know. In respect to like the bigger 300s, and you can still. I just keep going here. If I can find the ends, hey, I could get oh one more. I could get a 225 grain bullet in that three out three out six. 30 out six. 30 out six. 30 out six. But that's going to shoot it top speed in the book, 2,500 feet per second, which is a little slow. Um, and it's got decent ballistics coefficients, nothing great. And that's looking at, like, match bullets. You know, so match bullets in general are going to be higher ballistics coefficients than your regulars. And the match are more probably, like, my hand loads type deal. Not so much just shelf. Shelf, you're probably getting those... Um, those basic ones with just the lead tips yeah interlocks from Hornady so there's the old dog you know two of them the 6.5 PRC and 6.8 Western are pretty brand new cartridges so there's still some debate kind of in that cartridge thing of which then kind of trickles down into different components 
three of them short actions, one long action. And, like, the short actions have really been taken over, so. And I actually really enjoy them. So then you kind of, kind of walk into your barrel. You know, and I'm kind of wanting to stay a fairly light gun, since basically all three are pretty light on recoil. Now it feels like, okay, I'm building a 300 wind mag, or a 300 wisdom, okay. I need to kind of make this thing a little heavier or plan for like, okay, it needs like a break or a suppressor to really tone that dog down, you know, but since like they're very, they're pretty light for recoil and plus he's not a pansy like me, so I can build into a lighter, you know, so I was thinking, let's go a carbon fiber barrel, you know, I was kind of looking at different carbon fiber barrel makers and stuff. And I basically settled on proof research for your carbon fiber barrels. So there's not really any, okay, is this one better versus this one, you know, type deal. I'm pretty well set on, okay, let's just go proof research, you know. And then, so then, now you got your barrel. And the cool thing I like about proof research is you don't have to, you're not given like a barrel blank type deal where, okay, so I got my action, I got my barrel. I got a, um basically drill out my barrel to match to fit into my action proof research has on their website okay you can buy a barrel that's already pre-ready for different people's actions you know where you just twist them together real tight um lock tight i don't i don't really i'd have i'd do more research as it comes to like building it time you know but you make sure everything's nice and tight in there and you don't have to worry about, okay, I gotta find now like a gun manufacturer or like a, a gunsmith to match all my parts together, you know, type deal. Cause I was like, I ain't doing, I don't know how to do that and I don't really wanna pay to do that. So then I was kind of looking, okay, out of the ones they have pre ready to go, whose actions do I like the best? You know, I was kind of looking around and I kind of settled on this company called Defiance. And I seen that they had the ruckus um, action. So I was looking around in the ruckus. So I was kind of between two actions. And this is where, like, you got to kind of call companies and stuff. And be like, hey, what do you suggest if I was going? And, like, the reason I did that is because I'm not, like, set. Okay, I'm doing a 6.5 PRC. Okay, what do you suggest for a 6.5? I'm between bullets, so I can't go straight to them. Um, but I was between their GA Hunter model and their Ultralight model for those two. And then then you kind of kind of move along to your trigger, you know. And multiple people have multiple different kind of critiques about triggers and stuff. I kind of just went with trigger tech for these. You know, there's multiple different out there. And I don't think you really can go wrong with triggers. You know, well, you could just buy a cheapo and it would suck, but I think if you, you, you can really well buy a good trigger and be fine. But I went with trigger tech, and I just kind of had three models. There's, there's the two-stage diamond or primary, and that'd be another thing of, okay, I got a defiance action, proof research barrel. What do you guys suggest to kind of pair that together in this cartridge? So a lot of it kind of really, that's why cartridge 
you start with cartridge because then that really trickle everything up, you know. And it's like some, they'd be like, you know, I'm building like a 300 wind bag. They'd be like, well, I don't suggest carbon fiber barrel. I suggest regular barrels, you know, type deal. So everything kind of changes. Well, then you kind of look into stocks, you know, and there's kind of two main branches you can go down. You can go down kind of like um, a chassis system, which you see a lot more like competition shooters running and stuff, or just your, like your, your different kind of typical hunting stocks. And I'm kind of between two. One's a chassis, one's a, one's a regular stock. Both are really lightweight, you know, because weight's everything, so that's why, you know, also it. Like, I have just a spreadsheet of all these things of, like, okay, this is what this weighs, this is what this weighs, this is what this weighs. Okay, how can these different combinations kind of work out to build a lighter thing? Okay, this is kind of weighing it down here. Can I find lighter but still great quality someplace else, you know, in a different thing? So that's kind of also what I've been comparing to is, like, I don't want to get a super heavy stock or something or super, super heavy action then that kind of blows the build apart you know so to speak of okay now this is no longer lightweight you know i'm lightweight everywhere else but i'm heavy here which is dragging down or which is basically piling up the weight you know but so i'm between proof researches lightweight mountain hunter stock or this company xlr element 4.0 magnesium stock and proof researches stocks a little lighter i think seven ounces or something so not a lot but like as they say ounces lead to pounds pounds lead to pain <laughs> type deal but it's like you know when you're, when you're real talking in that close you know it's pretty hard but so that xlr is is your chassis proof research normal stock you know and kind of looking at stocks Within those normal stocks, you can go so many different ways. You can kind of go one with adjustable cheek, adjustable kind of butt stock, um, different ways it kind of thumb loop, um, the way the um, pistol grip is, or the pistol grip's a type, different grip styles type deal. I don't really, I didn't want one with the, all the adjustable pieces, just as long as like the length of pull fit him or like me or my brother, you know, where it fits, where it's not, you're trying to do something else, you know, so I didn't like, I kind of really like real old style, not these newer styles where you got, where they really kind of weirdly, in my opinion, weirdly shape your stock out, you know, and that, and the nice thing about that XLR is you can kind of customize different stocks of okay let's let's build this one a little bit shorter you know or I can get a little bit longer straight from factory and I can put different grips on you know and I could very well go out and buy a different grip you know and put it on I don't have to get one of theirs you know so I kind of like you know it's kind of a toss-up you know and a lot of it is okay get your hands on them feel them, talk to people, see what they like, kind of see how they're using it, and then that. So that kind of wraps up kind of the 
meat of the gun, basically. Now, I didn't cover, like, putting a suppressor or a brake on there, but, like, that proof research barrel is pre-threaded. Pretty sure it's pre-threaded. Almost positive it's pre-threaded. I can look that up. You know, but... It's pre-threaded, so that way you can just have... Have, um... Yeah, pre-threaded barrels. You know, I can have just a, a thread covering basically on it. Or I can take that thread covering off and put a suppressor or a brake on. Now, I'm more of a fan of suppressors. You know, brakes, loud and annoying. Like, you go to a range, any guy's going to be like, oh, yeah, that brake is annoying. Or even out, like, honey, like, because that 6.5 PRC right now has factory brake on it. You gotta have earplugs in the target shooter. Every other gun I shoot without earplugs. You know, just because it doesn't really hurt my ears. That 6.5 hurts, you know. So that really plays into it. You know, so I'd probably be looking at, okay, what kind of suppressor I want type deal. You know, or can I leave a suppressor off for a little bit? So then, now, since you got your meat and potatoes, basically, of the gun built, now let's put a scope on there. So, kind of trying to stick within a light scope. You know, Leopold, great light scopes, you know. So I was kind of looking at three different Leopold options. There were two models, basically, but three kind of options, and those varied in magnification. So... Either they're BX 5HD or they're BX 6HD, you know. And then kind of in those, you look at magnification. Well, magnification really kind of circles back around to application. Am I shooting long distances? You know, whether I'm just out, like, target practicing or if I'm out in the field, am I having to take 400, 600-yard shots at deer, elk, antelope? you know, 700, 800 yard shots, or am I really kind of pinned in between 100, like the max I'm going to shoot 300 yards, 100 to 300, you know, well then magnification is going to change, you know, so and kind of the shots we take are anywhere between 100 and 400 yards, and, but I, I was, we just got, we've been using a 3x9 scopes forever. So it's like, and we just recently got a 3x15, I'm pretty sure. And it's like, you crank that thing up to 15, it's like, holy cow, this is awesome. Like, like at 100 yards, target practicing, I could read where I'm hitting. You know, with that 3x9, okay, I got to walk all the way over there. Okay, I hit here, walk all the way back, you know, that. That 3 by 15 is really nice for that. So I was like, probably the lowest I'd want to go is a 15 power. Or like, the lowest top magnification is a 15 power. You know, just, it's like you don't always need that. And then you also kind of look at the first focal plane and second focal plane debate. And just kind of a real quick, down to the nitty gritty first focal plane is as I adjust my magnification my reticle is going to either grow as I go to like 15 
or shrink as I go to like three. So if you spend a lot of your time up in, like if you don't go down to three, which we don't, you know, or like anything, we're mainly sticking to like that on a three by nine, we're sticking to nine. So it's like, if that reticle looks great on top notification, because like I've seen where people are like, if you have to like, if you're in a case where you gotta really, where you're switching between like three, 15, three and 15, well, they say on that three, that, that reticle's getting kind of tiny where it, it kind of gets hard, you know? So that's where I'll have to go to like a place. Look, okay, here's a second focal plane versus a first focal plane, playing with them, seeing what I like in them, you know, because all, all we've had are second focal planes. But they say what's great about those first focal planes is if I if I create like holdups, you know, so like if I know, okay, I'm shooting at 600 yards, I gotta come up eight inches or whatever, you know. That same, if I turn that thing all the way down to three and shot out there, I'm still gotta come up my eight inches for my lines. I can use my little lines versus like a second focal plane, okay, on my 15 power, I'm set up. So that way, eight inches is this mark. Well, when I crank down to three, that's going to change that, you know, so it's no longer that line type deal. And so there's there's merit in getting that, you know. So maybe we'll try out a first focal plane scope, but don't know yet. So I want lowest at a top magnification to be 15. So then I kind of looked. Okay, and that VX 5xHD, a 3x15 scope, and a 4x20 scope. And then in that 6HD, I looked at a 3x18. And I'm just kind of what I'd want. And those are super light scopes, you know, because I don't want it. And super clear glass, like I have many great things about them. You know, I don't want like a scope like Night Force pretty sure I get that right. I always kind of mess up that name when, like, typing it into Google and it always help me out, you know, but those, a little bit on the heavy side, you know, so it's like, I want to stick to kind of a cheaper one. I don't want to get, like, super crazy priced out on a scope, you know, but I know the more you spend on optics, the better you get. It's not like, okay, the more you spend, well, you may not always be getting that, like, one-to-one -one ratio type deal, but optics, you very well get that because of just the clarity. Um, so, then I was also looking at Vortex. You know, I got one Vortex on my 6.5 Creedmoor, which I'm not a big fan of. And then on that 6.5 PRC, we just got a Vortex, you know, which I, I kind of like it, but it's on the heavier side, you know. So I was looking at, okay, what could I get that's light vortex? You know, so I basically was between two models, the Vortex Razor LHT and the Vortex Viper HSLR. And so in that, and like basically what that Razor versus Viper is, is that's just glass clarity type deal. And so the magnifications, so on that LHT, I was looking at 4.5 to 22, 
or a 3 by 15 or a 3 to 15 and then also should note that you get um, objective lenses or yeah I think I'm saying that right but like you also have that by like 44 by 52 by 56 you know I didn't quite go there yet which will change a lot of things you know and that comes into okay asking questions of like this is a style of hunting I'm doing and I get the bigger that lens is the more light you're letting in so like you can hunt later and see a lot better than if you had a smaller one so that's where you're going to talk to them okay these are the situations i'm in what do you recommend type deal and then so the 4.5 the 22 and the 3 to 15 and then for the hslr i was looking at a 6x24 or a 4x16 now that 6x24 i'm a little hesitant on because that might be over magnified and that's just one okay you got to go to the store Let's look at it that's where i'd like to look at all four of these models kind of side by side you know i think it's hard to look at these models of okay this is what this model looks one day okay three days later whatever okay now i'm looking at this model uh, i can't remember what it looked like but i think it looks better i don't know type deal you know you gotta look at them back to back to back so that's kind of what I'm looking at at scopes and you know once I have yet to put in the weights for anything so I haven't really got down to the weights because I just started this a few days ago so I haven't got crazy until okay these are the weights this is how it affects it oh that one's a little heavier and maybe just a little not what I want okay I can roll that one out type deal and like another thing back at going back to cartridges of hey that those short actions are always lighter because that action's smaller it doesn't have to be as long so the short actions have a really good merit of it's gonna be lighter and then so then you kind of kind of get into your extras which you know that could be like okay I'm gonna throw a bipod on um, sling all those different things I'm trying to think but we don't really throw any of that crazy stuff on I thought about a bipod for that 6.5 PRC but I was like there's no need for a bipod for what we do you know I can shoot off a backpack just fine or I could shoot off my knee if I need to be a little higher up that bipod is pretty well useless to me personally you know, some people probably works great for their situation. So, and then there's always like a muzzle device. Do you need a muzzle device? Do you want a muzzle device? You know, which then adds to weight. And another thing you gotta look at is kind of barrel length. You know, some of like, just looking at proof research, some of theirs, they offer like a 20 to 22 or a 22, 24, 24 to 26, different barrel options. Well, okay. Now you gotta look at okay that depending on my barrel length that's how i can push it quicker i can push it not as quick okay do i want a suppressor on well if i want a suppressor on i probably don't want a 26 inch barrel with like a six inch can then that adds 32 inches sticking out you know do i want to build a little shorter of a gun to have that suppressor you know look at 
type deal. Okay, since I went a little shorter, could I go like an eight inch can to get more sound suppression? And you're still gaining a little bit of speed because of that thing. You know, just different things you kind of really got to look at. You know, or okay, I'm using a brake. Okay, it's not adding a ton of length on the end of the barrel, but I'd still like an 18 inch barrel. You know, that's why you got to look at your cartridges of, okay, this, this cartridge stays pretty close in like 18 or like 20 to 26 inch barrel. But like as soon as I go to like an 18, man, it really drops off speed. Okay, I can't do an 18. Let's probably go with 20, you know, type deal. And that's just speaking with people who are knowledgeable and just really doing your research, you know. And I'm one. I do a ton of research before I really get anything. You know, I want to know everything about this thing before I get into it so I know any problems it has. I know everything to get and I know everything about it. You know, so that's why research I said takes me forever. You know, and that's and there's other factors in there that takes you forever, but I want I want to make sure I'm doing everything dotting my T's, crossing my eyes, you know, type deal. And then so like basically your execution, get everything ordered start putting together you know and that's that comes down to okay asking like these people how do these things go together do i need to do these different things how does my stock and my my entire gun go together do i need to bed my stock all these different things will it be free floated when i do it do i need to add glue loctite you know just making sure everything is as you want it and it comes down to also like if you already if you build your gun and then you're trying to play with scopes a lot of a lot of places let you if you call on stuff beforehand and have your gun locked up and all that I don't know all the requirements they'll let you bring your gun into the store and they'll kind of help mount your gun or yeah mount the scope on your gun so it's like okay they have all the different scopes I was thinking about Okay, let's put each one individually on. Okay, this one looks like this. I can, my head, I kind of got to put it at a weird angle for that. Okay, that one definitely no. This one feels, makes the gun feel good, you know. Okay, perfect thing. You know, everything, my bolt can clear it. You know, it's just really getting in there and getting that hands-on experience of it. Not just always trusting, okay, here's what the, here's what the world says deal you know it's it's playing around with it because then then they can help you make sure okay I put that scope on there right or like if you did it at home they'll be even they'll even help you out you know be like okay bring it in let us help you you know like I bought my scope from you could you I think I messed something up could you help me okay yeah you didn't do this right type deal let's let's fix that you want know, to make sure that you're not messing up anything on that gun, you know. And then once you get everything ready to go, everything's nice and perfect like you want it. Then you take it out and hope it hope it does as good as you thought it did, meets your expectations, exceeds your expectations, you know. And then that helps you with your next one. Or you can be like, hey, this isn't working as you advertise, you know. Why? You know, I'm not, things aren't lining up like they should type deal. You know, then it helps you like, 
Okay, I'd really like these on that gun. And it's also looking at, like, you can go to other websites. Like, what are they using? How like are they getting? You know, like a gun, a great one I kind of always went off of is Gunworks. Like, what are they using as a scope to make light rifles? What are they using for their action? What do they believe in, in like, ammo? And that's kind of what I was looking at. But they're kind of built for more long-range, you know, type deal stuff. But, like, it's just like, or you can even look at, like, Savage, Christensen Arms, Bergara, you know, all these different places to kind of get ideas, you know. So it always starts off with an idea. And then executing it, you know. And it always comes back to bullets. You know, what bullet will work the best for your, your needs. And so I think that's a great place to wrap up today's podcast, guys. Uh, if you guys enjoyed, make sure to follow us. Like us on both. Wherever you're listening to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. And go follow us on YouTube. You know, we'll get we have videos cranked out for you guys. And as always, just to make sure, <laughs> like, you don't follow everything I say step for step and try to build a gun off that, you know. I don't want you to be like, oh, you told me wrong, so now it's on you type deal, you know. I'm not your, I'm not like your liability source, you know. You gotta, you gotta go out and do your own research and stuff and do your own findings to learn how to actually truthfully make it. So, just wanna, just wanna put that out there. And so, that's all. I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Baxter Adventure Podcast. As always, like the podcast and follow for more episodes. And make sure to check out our YouTube channel, at Baxter's Adventures on YouTube.